Hey everyone, this is Trauma Drama, and we are your hosts, Kaylee and Nick, and this is where we discuss surviving adulthood. We can probably agree that we're all pretty fucked up and that it affects us every day, whether we know it or not. I used to think that wasn't me, but if you come from a family, live in our society, go to school, experience love, sex, and friendships, then you're in the right place. Kay and I are going to break down everyday life and problems that come from managing your drama post-trauma. Let's fucking do it. Everybody, welcome back to Trauma Drama. That is Nick. I'm Kaylee. Um, got, should I take it away? Take it away. <laughs> take it away before yeah. I fuck it up again. Thank you. <laughs> we have a very special show today. We're in person. Ah! So for the first time. So it's kind of weird. It's I, pretty weird. I actually don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Nick and I are having a hard time looking at yeah, each other. Like, it's pretty strange. Do I look at you? Do I look at the pretend audience we're yes. talking to? So, yes. <laughs> no, it's going to be a good show. Um, we're going to start out with our Trauma Drama. Uh, and then our main topic today is when it rains, it pours. Mm. So that'll be fun. That'll be broken up into two things, kind of like what what is flooding us, mm-hmm. what is flooding in general, and then how do we manage that flooding. Um, and then we're going to finish with our deep cut and hard truth. So yeah. to start it off, I will brought the trauma drama today. Go ahead. So it's with work. So I was basically harassed at mm. work. and <laughs> as You a, shouldn't laugh. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because as a white male, I feel uh, weird saying I was harassed. Yeah. We, we don't really... Experience a lot of privilege yeah, and, and then nav- like, haven't navigated that before. Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. ever have to be mm-hmm. like, hey, that was weird. Like, yeah. that was wrong. Yeah. Like, we're, we're usually on the hey, other side of that. Hey, that made me feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Hey, I didn't like the way you talked to me that yeah. way. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah. A new, yeah. it's a new thing. And what is actually more frustrating is that I now have to hop through the, the, bureauc- the bureaucracy huh? of the harassment. When I would rather just be like, let's handle this after work in the parking lot. Like, that, <laughs> that to me is easier. Even if I, like, lose, yeah, yeah. I get my ass kicked. Yeah. Whatever, we fought it out, and, like, let's move on. But uh-huh. that's obviously not how things work in this real world. Right. But I've never had to do it. So, <laughs> so basically, long story short, I'm working. A coworker who is not working mm-hmm. shows up to have drinks with some friends and just starts going off on me on mm. the floor in front of, like, the bartender, people at the bar, about how I suck at my job, how I don't do side work, how I'm a terrible server. Mm. Just And I was like, hey, are you serious right now? <laughs> and we haven't worked together for three months. He had a, he had a leave of absence. And it, it was, it was like, are you serious? Mm. And he doubled down and he insulted me more, said he was going to get me fired, said, if I don't listen to him, he's going to get me fired. And was he drinking? Did you know if he was? He's an irresponsible drinker, but either it's not confirmed that he was drinking. Mm, He was out with other coworkers and they went to have drinks. Mm. Right. But it's like, that was with their plan. I don't know what happened. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was when he threatened to like get me fired. Yeah. It was weird. It was like he had something to prove because he's like, I'm coming back. I'm in charge now. Mm. Like in his eyes, when he left, I took over that role. Yeah. And I could see that because I am the last person in our restaurant who knows what it was like before COVID. Mm. So I get where he was coming from like that. But I in no way am a leader at my restaurant. Like mm. I go, I clock in, I yeah. clock out. Like yeah. there's no extra stuff. Yeah, you don't even like it there. No, I fucking hate <laughs> it there. So I'm like... That's the last thing I want to deal with. Yeah. We, got, we got absolutely fucked that night. And so many people come in. And then I have a coworker talk to me like that. Yeah. So anyways, long story short, I tell my manager, hey, this was really weird. Can you handle that? Mm. She goes and handles it. He comes and finds me in the back by the kitchen and goes off on me again. And I'm like, dude, this, this is too much. You need to, you need to leave. Yeah. I, I don't feel safe around you right wow. now. I'm trying to ring in an order and you're distracting me yeah. like with insults. Uh, and then I had to be like, hey, management. It happened again. I don't Can know. Can you kick him out? Yeah, I was what? like, if, if that happens again, I'm going to leave. Yeah. So you're absolutely. not going to do anything about it. So 
she went over, she handled it again, um, and then that was it. So mm. now I handled it with HR, and now we're just wow. it's a waiting game now to see what happens. Geez, nothing is worse than when you feel your psychological safety is being threatened at a place where you're supposed to feel psychologically yeah. safe, and if your management's letting you down, that's fucked up. So, yeah, and fucked up. last resort is HR, and if they don't yeah. do anything, like, he's not going to... He was not going to change. Mm. This isn't new. Um, there's been little less serious harassments mm-hmm. in the past. It's like, okay, whatever. He's being a dick. Like, I'll let it go. But, right. like, he crossed the line three separate times. Mm. So, anyways, trauma or drama? I think it is 100% drama. Yeah. I think it's... Drama? Yes. Oh, wow. I think it is that person bringing in their own drama and, like, their own shit that maybe lives in trauma or comes from other traumatic experiences but you don't go in and stir shit up with a coworker no. on a fucking no, on your was, day off. That was ridiculous. Yeah. I agree. That's pretty like dramatic. He was being dramatic yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. And say the things that you you know that he said and insult you in the way that he did. Yeah. Like that is extremely unnecessary and dramatic. But what? Yeah, the motives probably lived in trauma. I, I agree. Yeah, he's probably going through a lot, it, and he yeah. brought up old issues between him and it's I. And crazy. it's like, bro, I don't know what the fuck you're talking well, about. Well, and like your, I think so. Those are that's like. Uh, that's how I feel about his actions. But then I think your response, of course, like that was traumatic for you. Yeah, like it was traumatic for me. Yes. So it was absolutely trauma and it will be trauma for you. But like it doesn't sound like you responded like irrationally. No, or... I didn't. And that was like where it, it led to, yeah. which we're going to, well, might as well. Let's get into yeah. the main topic. Let's when it, it rains, it pours. Uh, so you can go Does ahead it and... ever. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to talk today about like just the absolute <laughs> fuck fest that our lives have been lately um because we have just gotten so many just so many different things that happened and over and over and over again and so it brought me to this idea of like flooding you know like what happens when Mm -hmm. you're managing all these different crises all these different traumas all these different emotions all at the same time like what happens to your body how do we react how does it live in trauma and so I did a little bit of research on emotional flooding um, and found some pretty good stuff, actually. Um, and so this website, The Candidly, talks, wrote an article and talks about what flooding is. Um, and they say that we throw the word triggered around all the time. But flooding is what happens when we are deeply and emotionally triggered. It's when we get so overwhelmed with emotion that the emotions take over. So we completely lose access to the logical part of our brains. According to Tanya Guam, an associate marriage and family therapist, flooding can look like panic levels of anxiety, sobbing uncontrollably, manic pacing, and or raging at your partner or someone in your life like you are fighting for your very life. Yeah. And that's so powerful. Like that's, that's crazy. That is so many of the things that I think we experience all the time is like, when do you reach your, your point? Yeah. No. Like, and that for me, so like, I guess to go on like the, the background of mm-hmm. stress, I mean, I started to write down everything mm-hmm. and the list is endless. Like work, school, yeah. new, and marriage. I'm newly yeah. married, right? We're navigating all that. We're living together. Yep. We have kids, right? The modern day <laughs> child is a puppy and a kitten. Um, and then parents, friends, the pandemic, yep. being a homeowner, yep. future investments, yep. money in general. There's mm-hmm. so much stress. So when mm-hmm. I'm at work and I get triggered like that, yep. it's emotionally, like you said, I was, okay, not like you said. Mm. You said to be flooded, you're, you lose the ability to use logic. Correct. Okay, so for me, I've worked so hard mm. to be, um, be able to emotionally regulate myself in a situation yeah. that triggers me. Yeah. Being surrounded by them growing up. So what I was having a problem with was like, I'm emotionally fine. Why does my body feel like I'm about mm. to die? Right? So my body was having the response. And through other research, talking to my counselor, mm-hmm. uh, medical doctors, my cortisol levels are yeah. high. So yeah. basically... If in it, a literal fight or yeah, flight. No, literally, my I wake up wow. at a 7 out of 10 for wow. fight or flight. So when something like that happens, my body is fighting for its life. Yeah. My mind is like 
we can chill. It's yeah. fine. Like yeah. he was being a dick. He's out of line wow. and it'll get fixed. But I can't, I just got so mad and couldn't mm. let it go. And then it like, I had to like, uh, it was just so frustrating. Wow. And I'm sure there's some sort of like a science behind that too. You know, like I, you would probably know this, your, mm-hmm. what system of your body is connected to your fight or flight? Is it your limbic system? I'm not sure, but there's definitely, there's two parts. Right? Um, and then the one part is, it's like, if you were to, in a stressful situation, you start to slow down your mm. breathing. You're trying to bring yourself back into that passive state. Mm. Um, and then the active state is the fight or flight. Those yeah. are only two modes. Okay. Um, so through my upbringing, through football, yeah. through being an EMT yeah. um, for a fire department. All your stressful situations. All my stressful situations. My yeah. adrenaline starts to be released. Mm. And it comes across as increased respirations mm. um, and increased heart rate. So when I needed adrenaline, I was on the football field and I needed to to get more oxygen to my muscles and my heart started to kick up. Yeah. Same thing for being an EMT. Yeah. Right. I need all that extra energy. So when that shit's happening, when my wife leaves a dirty dish in the Mm. sink, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That wouldn't piss me off ever. I don't care. That is that. And that is the exact definition of flooding. That's so interesting. Like, like, let me, I need to go like fucking. Whoa. Like. Box Scream, for an hour. Yeah, I need like, to yell yeah. into a pillow, but it's like yeah. I, I don't need to. Why? Right. Why does my body feel like it needs to? Mm, so. Gosh, no, that is so interesting, and I think I you said it really well. There's so many things that are happening in each of our lives that it's causing such a a physical reaction for you, and I think what happens to me is the exact opposite. Like when all the things happen in my life, like I were, you know, I'm in town, unfortunately for a funeral that you all have probably heard about in other episodes, um, and then in the midst of like starting new relationships, ending old relationships, mm-hmm. fighting with my parents. Things with my parents have been crazy lately. Um, Millie got into a dog fight and like all these little things oh, that start to happen. It, um, it like not necessarily affects my body because my body has been able to like manage that, but then I emotionally flood and then I, I shut down in the exact mm-hmm. opposite way. And I feel I, it sometimes literally feels like when I emotionally flood, I, all of a sudden I can feel every hair on my body and my hair is itchy and my sweater feels like too tight. And I have to like literally feel like I have to rip my skin off to, to like get away from that. Like it, it, it affects my body, but when it's too late, gotcha, which is gnarly. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but men and women react differently to stress. And I all, I kind of thought about that too. I was like, maybe, maybe my ancestors were warriors yeah. and their adrenaline <laughs> had to be released to fight. It's like, why? Yeah. Before I can even emotionally process what happened, mm-hmm. my adrenaline is already going wow. and it, it lingers forever. It doesn't mm-hmm. go away. So, mm-hmm. you know, couples out there when you're fighting with your spouse yeah. and if you're the, the female yeah. versus the male, you, the female might cool off before the man mm-hmm. and it's not anything personal. He's, his adrenaline is is Russian. Absolutely. So. Wow. And it, as we were, as you were saying that, it made me think like the rest of this article, it does talk about what nervous system it impacts oh, in your okay. body. And I, so I guess, um, it says like, why does this happen? Um, and it's such a perfect, is it parasympathetic sympathetic? Is it that is definition? sympathetic. Yes. There you go. I knew it. Flooding happens when our sympathetic nervous system detects a threat to our safety and begins to prepare us to either head into battle mm-hmm. or run for the hills. No, I'm not kidding. I know, and that's why I said, wait, I gotta go back and I know, tell I, you this. I, I bring up a lot of medieval stuff. <laughs> but, it's but it's no it's, bullshit. It's not, I'm not kidding. We get it from somewhere. Yeah. It's so scary. But so I'm so validated right now. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feed well into your king complex. No, the king complex is having a field day. <laughs> but I think what we are gonna talk about like next is like, yes, okay, all of these things are happening and how, you know, I think the phrase is when the, 
the strawberries, the, the straw that broke the camel's yep. back. Like it's mm-hmm. the one thing that you irrationally react to. It's the one thing that makes you snap at your partner for yeah. leaving a dish. It's the one thing that, you know, well, for me, I get the uncontrollable sobbing and like manic pacing and I do that sort of like stuff. Um, but then how do we get through it? What happens after that? Before we do that. Yeah. I wanted... More things? Yeah, but I actually just forgot. <laughs> like, literally just forgot. <laughs> I thought I had one more thing to say. Okay. That's Whatever, good. let's just move on. Are you sure? I'm yeah, sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> keep talking and maybe it'll okay. come back to Okay, all right. Well, that... But if I keep talking, it means we're moving on. Oh, oh, I... <laughs> okay. <laughs> I also had another um, breakthrough in my counseling. Oh, um, yes. Around stress. Oh, my God. So... Duh. Part of the reason, besides my... Um, my cortisol levels being mm-hmm. high, mm-hmm. which is the chemical that helps adrenaline release. So that stuff's releasing quicker than mm-hmm. normal, right? So there are medications for that, which yeah. we'll go into when we talk about managing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for my counselor also brought up that the king complex. Yeah. That that's your higher order thinking. That's your ruling principle in your complex. So she said, yours is developing, Nick, and your inner is changing. Whoa. And you're getting frustrated at your outer, your friends, or a different a situation at work yeah. or a situation with your parents, because your outer it does need to match the inner. And right now yours isn't. So now you're like, you're, you're navigating stuff. You're, you're changing where people yeah. stand, right? So you're moving things around. Mm. So I wanted to bring that up because I had mentioned it yes. a couple episodes ago. And that I is did really have a interesting. Like rearranging the hierarchy in yeah. your brain almost. Because I felt really bad. I was like, I'm not yeah. getting along with most people right yeah. now. Why, why is that? Mm. And she, and we kind of worked through it and that was kind of where we got. Yeah. Um, obviously I, I can be a dick and an asshole. I'm, <laughs> We know this. Besides that. We know this. Yes. Yes. Besides that. Uh, okay. But it's cool that it's your higher order thinking just rearranging, you know, its priorities. Mm-hmm. Like that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And it, unfortunately, it's not something we're taught. Yeah. Um, but it God. does make a lot of sense. Gee, I don't even know what that would look like if I was managing that in my head. Right. Like, that's so amazing that you are doing that. It's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. Do you want to move on to managing the floating? Go ahead, Nick. Thank you. <laughs> I broke mine up into two parts because okay. anxiety and panic. Panic. Uh-huh. Um, I I pretty much live with anxiety, and mm-hmm. I think you can agree with that. You mm-hmm. do as well. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I know we've talked about it, but the people, a lot of people pre-COVID mm-hmm. didn't live with anxiety, and now they are. Yep. So they're kind of like, what the fuck? What's um, happening? My parasympathetic nervous system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just experienced my first like panic attack, mm-hmm. and it was it's after really the, scary. Yeah, it was after the coworker thing, and I literally was like counting my pulse because I know when I have anxiety, my pulse can rise to like mm-hmm. 120. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be sitting anywhere from 60 to 80. Okay. So it like almost doubles. And when I was counting it, it didn't feel like it was going as fast. And then I didn't feel a pulse. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, that was weird. And then, oop, there it is. And I was like, I don't, I don't have palpitations. Like that's wow. not normal. And I counted to five again and it did it again. And every time it did it, I was almost gasping for air. Holy shit. So if anybody has that background, the blood is circulating to yeah. deliver oxygen to your body. But when I don't have any oxygen in my body, I gasp for air. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it would happen every second. I was like, oh my God, do I have to go to the ER? Yeah. Right am I having fucking yeah. cardiac arrest? I was like, and I, am I oh having soreness of so breath? Scary. Do I have COVID? I was like going through oh, all this. Oh, and then your emotionally flooding is starting yeah, to come exactly. in. Exactly. Whoa. I coincidentally had a meeting with my counselor the same day, uh-huh. which is when I got to learn about all this, the cortisol levels, the adrenaline sure. dumping why it's all happening. Mm. So that was basically what was happening. The, mm. My body was telling me, Nick, this, the straw has broken the camel's back. Wow. Now what are we going to do? Yeah, And I geez. was like, well, fuck, I don't know. I've never had a panic attack. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do we do? Uh, I love the conversations between you and your body. It's pretty me too. interesting. Yeah, yeah. My body's like, hey, Nick, what the fuck? Hey, can you <laughs> fucking help me or what? I'm <laughs> not doing good down here. Yeah, oh, my God. Uh, so yeah. you did do something. I did do something. Yeah. So I guess before I go into the panic attack for anxiety, what mm. I do is... I try to raise my heart rate naturally. So right. it's already up. Um, 
but I'm going to go for a run. Yes. I'm going to box. Yes. Um, I will yell into a pillow. Um, Kayla, your wife and I did sprints yeah. the morning before you got married yeah. because she was having anxiety mm-hmm. and she's like, I got to tell my body or I got to tell my brain that my body's doing the same thing so mm-hmm. it doesn't feel out of control. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's so cool. Okay? It's crazy. It actually doesn't feel like anxiety yeah. when you bring it up yourself. Yeah. So I used to do it artificially with caffeine. Mm. So if you find yourself needing coffee, yeah. think about you might have anxiety because it does... You, your body's like, let's raise this. And totally. the only way you do that is to actually go run yeah. or go to war. <laughs> go to war. <laughs> go to war. <laughs> I like that those are your two options. Either run or go to war. Um, okay. Uh. And then for the panic. So what I did for the day of was I changed the scenery. Mm. Took my dog to the beach. Cool. Um, so feet in the sand kind of brought me back yeah, to grounding, a different place. Grounding. Totally. Um, and then medications. Yeah. So... Uh, my counselor brought up that I should go on antidepressants. Mm-hmm. And if I was cool with that, and I wasn't at first, but mm. then the more research I did, the chemical imbalance yeah. in my head that's causing the panic attack is nothing. I, can, I can't control right. it. Yeah, you need help managing your serotonin and your yeah. dopamine and your cortisol if yeah. it does that, I would imagine. I'm, yeah, there's certain mm-hmm. ones that do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I went to the doctors and got, yeah. got those meds. And I, I won't really feel anything different for like four to six yeah. weeks. But... My counselor was like, just take it through this really stressful time period and then you'll be chilling when everything's level. Yeah. And I think we, Nick and I had talked about this before we brought it onto the podcast and Nick asked me like, what do you think? Is it okay if we talk about medication, Mm -hmm. you know, while we're live? And I think it's so important to normalize, like literally you, you, like you said, getting help for your brain to balance chemicals correctly. That is all that it is Mm -hmm. because you have no control over that. If you have a chemical imbalance in your brain, but like, and when you think about it, pragmatically like that like it it makes sense why no, it wouldn't make you sense. right but so there's such a stigma that i have the stigma of like yes. am i weak yes you know uh, am absolutely. i taking the easy way out yeah and it's like fuck no mm. going down diving deep into my it's fucking trauma brave. was gnarly it's and now brave. i'm out of it and yeah. i'm emotionally like yes i have a hard time sometimes yeah. and i'm not okay sometimes but yeah. I'm, for the most part fine yeah and then absolutely. now my body is like oh hey bro we've yeah. been actually keeping the score yeah and you're not fine right oh i know and it's like i wow but it's amazing that you found that solution so quickly because i yeah. think a lot of people go through all these different emotions and it takes them years to maybe make that decision mm-hmm. or it takes them months to work through that with a counselor but like yeah. you had a foundation set up already with your therapist mm-hmm. you had the ability and like, you know, healthcare access yes. to be able to access yeah. that. Like, it's pretty beautiful that you did it in such a short amount of time. Yeah, I did it in less than a day. Right. Like that's, um, yeah. that is amazing that we are at that point, you know, like mm-hmm. in the world where we can access that kind of medication quickly. But I know that for those of you that are listening that are like, dang, is that an option for me? Or dang, is that yeah. something that wasn't my story? That's not how it went for me. Like, I think it can happen in any different way and it's it's your own story it's your own experience it's your own brain your own mental health like yeah, there's no right or wrong way but um yeah no. the stigma's real no, and it's it is. hard and i still have it like yeah. it's like if someone were to ask me should i go on medication mm-hmm. my first question would be like have you have you gone to counseling yet it's yeah have you, know? you uh, have you accessed every single other resource yeah. before this uh-huh. and it's like interesting that it's always seen as like a last resort yeah it is because i was basically like i've exhausted my resources i have there's nothing i don't know what's wrong right so right i know and the first thing i thought when we talked about this was like damn i'm next (laughs) like i it's like it's about that time and i i think i've seen so many tiktok trends of people that say like you know you survived the pandemic or nobody has survived the pandemic without either getting on anti-anxiety medication uh, getting a pet yeah or pet. becoming an alcoholic it's like dang i'm only missing one thing yeah, like yeah. it's meds <laughs> i know i lasted so long uh-huh, uh-huh. But, right I mean, but it'd be cool and like we're just getting 
I think to that age too, in our, our mid twenties, where we have so many more things in the world to be anxious or nervous or to emotionally flood about. Like it's mm-hmm. like you said, it's different when you reach that point in your life where you have a mortgage and a wife and and then the family trauma and like yeah. and then all these other things. It's like it just feels bigger and bigger and bigger and Oh I, yeah, everything was just yeah. starting to like add up and like she was yeah. my counselor was like, I think, you know, your mom's a big stressor too yeah. and you might have to it's might be time to like I have too much on my plate, mom. Mm. I can't I can't I yeah. just can't. Like yeah. you need to do your own thing, yep. be an adult, handle yep. fucking afford an Uber, do that you do I can't. And you never <laughs> afford an Uber. <laughs> You never think that you have to have those conversations with your parents. No. Right? No. Be an adult. That should never have to come out of your mouth. And it's devastating that it does. But it's like, fuck, I think about that all the time, especially with my parents too. Ugh, it's so I know. devastating. Well, how do you manage the flooding? Not well, I'll mm-hmm. say, first yeah. and foremost. <laughs> yeah, no, not well. Not well. I don't manage it well. I think, like I said, I, I get emotionally flooded really easily because of... Um, I think the way that I'm used to responding to stress and crises and, um, I kind of get to this point of like, like I said, my skin feels too itchy. My hair feels too heavy. Mm -hmm. My sweater isn't right. Um, and then I just will kind of reach that point of, unfortunately for me, like dissociation and I will like completely shut down. I'll completely shut off. But the ways that I move through it, I think I've talked about before is like trying to find things to, to, to bring me back, to uh-huh. calm me down. So like I, I sit down in the shower a lot, yeah. like, and breathe and like bring my, you know, bring my stress or bring my anxiety down. Which but, is also where you end up um, when you celebrate too hard. It's also so you... when I, yeah, when I get really drunk, I end mm-hmm. up in the shower, which is not good. We don't celebrate the same way we cope. <laughs> we shouldn't. Was that the conclusion we came to? <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You forgot. I had no idea. <laughs> I thought that was the conclusion that we cope the same way we celebrate. No, the conclusion was you shouldn't cope the same way you celebrate. All right. <laughs> Shit, I didn't get but that. But when I message. celebrate, I want to. I'm higher than life, right? Uh-huh. I'm up, and then when I cope, I'm I'm on the opposite spectrum. But I still do the same. I still things. do the same thing. It's crazy. I don't understand why that's wrong. Okay. Well, I don't want to get into. It. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fired up right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I think. Uh, I don't know. I think there's certain things that I have a, a threshold for. And when I know that I don't have a threshold for something is I think when I emotionally flood. Like I can manage talking to my parents. I can mm-hmm. manage talking to my sister. I can manage breakups. I've done that a hundred times. I can manage all of these things that are like stressful. But then say when someone like when so- when I'm working with someone that like I think is I respond to irrationally because they mm-hmm. say something that like, yes, I don't agree with, but, um, God, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, no, I shouldn't say that example. <laughs> Never mind. Um, like situations with coworkers for some reason, like I've had situations like that as well. And when I'm managing a coworker, I get so fired up and like, I cannot regulate those emotions well enough to be like, wait, I shouldn't be responding to this coworker in this way because, do I respond to my parents in this way when they say these things to me? Right. Do I respond to my sister or to other people in this way when they say I certain I found things? myself like going back in old habits of let's put Nick aside for a second. Mm. And it's like, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to get caught in that. So yeah. there is a little bit, it's tricky to navigate. Like I would say like, you know, compartmentalize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Take, try to take emotion off the table, which mm. is what um, your definition said, right? You lose the ability yes. to take emotion off the table. Correct. Right. Correct. Basically. Yes. So, yes. When you get to that point, you don't have a choice anymore. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. 
trying to prevent that would be maybe removing your emotions first to try yeah. to handle it logically, but that yeah. takes tons of practice. Mm. And again, you don't, you don't want to put yourself aside. Yeah. And I was doing that. Regulating emotions is so interesting. I think like we can put a pin in that for yeah, another, yeah, yeah. another like episode. That. I'll write but, it down. Um, <laughs> it made me think a lot of, or a lot about what you had said earlier today when we were at lunch was like, um, gosh, what did you say? That because was, we're recording in person. Because we're recording in person. Um, that it was easier to cry about certain things. Oh, than yeah. about, will you repeat that? Yeah, yeah. I said, um, I've noticed, Kaylee, that you have a, uh, you cry more mm-hmm. like fast. You have an, you lose the ability to regulate your emotions yeah. in a happy situation yes. rather than in a, a one where it would be okay if you cried. Right. A more of a sad or like, a tragic at the, event. Yeah, like at the funeral a few days ago, I was, I had to read a eulogy on behalf of my grandma and I made it through, I think, to the very end and only shed like a tear or two. Which but, is incredible because my wife brought up that if she complimented <laughs> your hair, you would start bawling. Sobbing. I'd be a wreck. <laughs> and like how how sad, but also I think, and not sad, I think how reflective that that lives in trauma, mm-hmm. right? Like how how reflective that like it's so much more powerful for me to receive happy compliments or have have happy experiences but for so much of my life I've lived in that crisis yeah. that sadness and you know been able to push through that because that was how I thought normal was supposed to feel mm-hmm. or like what normal was supposed to be like and then the happy beautiful things happen and I'm like oh my god what yeah, the hell so, I can whoa. feel like this yeah, like this, feels so good. this is crazy um which is really really powerful but I wonder if anyone else has that experience that you cry or you react Quicker to happier things. Yeah, yeah. God, if I watch a fucking commercial, like <laughs> I'm uh, a commercial about old people or dogs. Yeah, you love those. Oh my God, I'm a wreck. But I also, I think somebody else said this to me the other day too, that I I feel things with my whole body. And gotcha. I, I, I wonder if that has to do with emotional flooding or if it has to do with being an empath. But um, it was actually my coworker, Molly, who said that Millie had like hit her head or like mm-hmm. bonked something and that she saw me like grab my body in the same place oh, where wow. Millie had hit herself and was like, Ooh, yeah, ah, wow. oh, sorry. Well, she's dying and, like, into that. Right. That'd be interesting where that comes I from. I know. And so she's like, I've never met anyone that feels with their whole body, mm-hmm. but when I emotionally flood, I feel with my whole yeah. body and like I have these physical reactions, but then. But there's no way for me to know beforehand, I think, because I, I wonder if it's because I constantly live in that state. Yeah, it all could the time. be. Like, that part of it for me yeah. was recognizing it before it came so it didn't mm. take over. Yeah. So I didn't lash out at my spouse. That was what yeah. it was for. Yeah. Right? So then it trickled into every part Absolutely. of my life. But that's like when you know how adrenaline's mm. released. Like, I, I got to experience it a lot as an EMT mm. because every 911 call we got, which was every call, my adrenaline dumped yeah. because every situation was brand new. Right. Um, I was very green in the terms of, I mean, every, every piece of the information on the scene was new. Yeah. So my adrenaline was constantly going. So I really right. got in tune with feeling how it was going. And I even talked to my medic about yeah. it. And he was the one who was like, oh, yeah, your body remembers and is trained mm. how to release adrenaline. So and I started to notice that more. Wow. So interesting. Yeah. Uh, scary yeah very scary very very scary i'm i mean i'm glad that you were able to recognize that and learn about that but i'm also sad that you had to recognize and learn about that sometimes i wish i wasn't like this like i wish i just like (laughs) four years ago i just was like "Eh, you know what i think i'm good yeah it's sometimes really tiring yeah yeah to be to be emotionally intelligent is exhausting yeah absolutely because i wonder what would have happened when i was having the panic attack if i wasn't Mm. emotionally intelligent i i mean 
I've had panic and ended up in the ER. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably... I know a lot of people have. I mean, yeah. I took care of a lot of people at the mm-hmm. beginning of the pandemic who were having anxiety attacks, yeah. but they didn't know yep. it was an anxiety attack. Yep. It's like, wow. That absolute, that exact same thing happened to me. I was just like in my office and I started like having a hard time breathing and having chest pains and didn't, ha- didn't know that it was mm-hmm. a panic attack and then like drove myself to the ER and I told them I was having chest pains. I was like, hey, it's just, I'm having chest pains. And they like rushed me in and like did a full I was like holy shit I'm sorry to cause yeah, a ruckus worst case scenario definitely was just anxiety um good thing I have healthcare yeah good thing <laughs> but then I always feel so stupid yeah. after that it's like yeah. it's just anxiety it's like but yeah. I mean we talked about this in one of our last episodes like the amygdala has no sense of reality yeah you're right like you're you're that little part of your brain can't tell you that's so stupid yeah like you there's no way no my body thinks it's life or death yeah and it's yeah. like fucking chill it's yeah. not <laughs> you can let this roll off your back nick you don't uh, have to right? like fucking cause a scene right now mm. that's the worst part totally I'm beat the fuck out of my body <laughs> fuck you buddy. it's just like it, there's no it, it's exhausting yeah to regulate that right and it, then it's like then you're mad at the person who triggered you mm. Mm. but then that's what you you know it's like it's not their fault yeah they're yeah. not responsible for your triggers but it then you know, in my workplace, that right. was different. It's like, bro, yeah, no, that didn't fucking need to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wonder in another episode, I think this is something we wanted to talk about too, was like when, when other people that you care for, mm-hmm. they flood, yeah, they snap. Like, what do we do? How does that live in trauma for us? How do we respond? I like that. And I think your example of being at work is such a good one of how you would want to model like, okay, somebody snapped at me. I'm going to say, excuse me, I'm putting orders in and you're distracting me. Yeah. You need to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, that is really impressive. I would have been like, who the fuck do you think you <laughs> right. are? And that was what you was know, frustrating. Right? I wanted to lose it. Yeah. But then I would be in trouble. Yeah. Right. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> so mad. Sorry, Nick. No, no, it's okay. Do you have anything you want to add to this? No, we can move on. I think that was really good. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to move on to our deep cut and our truth. Um, so mine is be nice to your restaurant workers. <laughs> Nobody's working right now. Yes. There's three servers in general uh-huh. in Southern California. And yeah. please don't piss them off. Mm. Right? Like I had a table last night who was just fucking terrible and asking, yeah. why is everything taking so long? <laughs> and when I say we're short staffed, that's not good enough. Yeah. And they just keep going and going. Oh, and I'm like, geez. bro, this is how it is every night. Either enjoy it or leave. I, mm. I don't need you. Yeah. Like you're not important anymore. Like, and I think a while ago when restaurant workers were having a tough time getting a job because there were so, so many people doing yeah. it yeah. and you're depending on people's 20% gratuity. Yeah. But now it's like, I have so many tables because I don't have, there's no other servers. I don't care about your tip. Yeah. If you want to be a dick, like, cool. I, but I can, I'll serve you. I'm right here. Do you need something? No, I'm moving on. Fuck off. Like, yeah. no, I'll be back with yep. the check in an yep. hour. Like, yep. fuck. Ugh. That's it. That's it. Just be nice to your restaurant workers. Yeah, pretty, pretty fair enough about that one. I think if I had if I had one, I, I think our conversation today was so powerful and I wanna just tell our listeners to be kind to yourselves, like getting through emotional trauma, working through emotional flooding, like everything happening all at once is so stressful. Um, be kind to yourself and lean on your support systems. Yeah, and we are in a pandemic, everybody. Yeah. Let's not forget. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Well, I mean, I kind of, I did. I was like, <laughs> fuck, why am I so stressed? Like, oh yeah, the world uh, might end any second. Oh yeah, we might die. <laughs> so annoying. I could have COVID and it could be giving me a heart attack. I know. Scary, scary, scary. Well, it's a great show. Yeah. Our first in-person show. I know. So it's fun. So exciting. Uh, love you, Nick. Love you too. Follow us at Trauma Drama Podcast on Instagram and TikTok to see show updates, video highlights, and much more. And DM us for topics, suggestions, corrections, worries, concerns, love, and hate. 
Please rate, review, and subscribe. We upload episodes every Monday and Friday. Tune in for more. And lastly, we will be having another holiday special episode Mm -hmm. on managing your triggers and managing your trauma related to your family. If you have any thoughts, questions, or concerns, please DM us in the next two weeks before Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, That's when it's going to come up. Definitely.